0: The Bible tells us that the earnest prayer of a righteous man makes much power available.
1: Yes, and this is even more true when we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit.
0: Today you'll hear a message by our family pastor, David Harrison, on the power of praying in the Spirit.
1: You will be blessed by this message, and later we're going to pray for you to be empowered by the Spirit. So stay with us.
0: Welcome to Lifeline today. We're glad you're with us. It's going to be a great program, Joan. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to receive some special impartation. I know as you listen to this message by our family pastor, David Harrison, that's our family pastor here in our ministry, Mm -hmm. and uh, he has just such a great word on some things. In fact, Joan, uh, God touched you and me. The Holy Spirit touched you and me in that service. That's right. Uh, There was just things going on in the atmosphere, (laughs) and so we can maybe share I a little bit about that, but uh, we want you to be really blessed by this.
1: But I, I just love how David starts out, Dick. He begins by sharing his own testimony and saying how, you know, this whole journey of prayer for him began when he was in a time where he was really discouraged.
0: Yeah. Well, our prayer center is open, and you can call at any time during the program. Uh, That is wise to do it up front because it does get busy in the program later. And later, Joan and I, as we said, we'll be praying for you. And maybe you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with a prayer language yes but today you will okay (laughs) you this is your day and uh, because God is more than willing to give it to you so we're going to go into the worship hall right now this is Pastor David Harrison he's talking about praying in the Spirit
2: I can tell you one of the areas where for myself where prophetic intercession opened up actually came out of a place of brokenness I don't know how many people out there can identify with this, but I would say the majority of people who have a real serious prayer life, you know, when it goes deeper and deeper, often that prayer life gets carved out and goes deeper through hard times and not easy times. Can anybody identify with that, their prayer life actually growing through deep times because of such a need and a dependency on God that you had to have your prayers answered? And I can say that for myself, my prayer life was carved out of a very broken time in my life. Uh, So a lot of you know my testimony, I came out of a hard background and got addicted to drugs and all of that. And there came a point in my life when I had to turn it all around for Jesus, but it wasn't easy. There was a point in my life, I was the pastor's kid, and for me, I would read the Bible and I would, I would be so frustrated in a sense. I would say, God, this says this in your word, why am I not seeing this in my life? I want to I wanna see the things in the book of Acts, I want to see the miracles and the things that you walked out in my own life, and for myself, There came a turning point when I gave my life to the Lord. I had to leave a lot of things behind. Isn't that what the Word of God says? That we become a new creation, and that all things must pass away. But that wasn't easy for me. I had a lot of friends, and and a city that I grew up in that I literally could not survive in as a Christian. I had a month on good, a month on bad, until finally I just had to move away from that city and just leave everything behind and left Saskatchewan and moved out to Alberta. But I went through a real time of loneliness. I went through a real time of starting over, starting from scratch, leaving everything I had behind. And it was one of the hardest times of my life because I was homesick. I missed my friends. It was terrible. But then I got into this place where I got into something like YWAM. I got into missions. I got into these different things. And I started going to church more. But for me, I was like, Lord, this is good. I want to serve you. But God, I want to be, if I'm going to do this, I want all of it. I don't want to give up everything and then do part-time church, part-time Christianity. I want to see the power of the Word of God in my life that's promised here. Just like it says in the beginning of that chapter, in Corinthians chapter uh, 2, that's how Paul starts out. He starts talking about, I didn't come with big wisdom at first. I came with a gospel of power. And now that he's got them hooked and they've seen the gospel at hand, then in this chapter he begins to relay some of the deeper things, some of the wisdom to them. And so for myself, I used to just get on my face and I would cry. I would literally cry and and say, God, I want to know that the same God of the book of Acts can be the same God for me today. And that opened up a real window for me, a three-year window of just seeing the kingdom of God at hand, witnessing many healings, miracles, signs and wonders. And a lot of those things, you know, God opened up my prophetic life. I began to hear him and and began to build a testimony for myself, which was really, I was building my faith on the rock, which was Jesus. Because there's a lot of people that I went through Christianity with at that time that right now are not serving the Lord, like a lot of people. But I can't thank God enough for that brokenness that drove me to build a testimony that was built on God. That I saw so much supernatural in my life that always came out of the lens of the Word of God. Everything that supernaturally happened could be found in the Word of God. And so when, when the storms came and, and tried to knock me down like they did so many of my friends, I could always point back and say, you know what, my foundation was, it was in God and the Word of God. And and I'm so grateful for those testimonies and those things that no one could ever take away from me. No one could ever take me to a university class and explain to me how these things are false. Because you can't explain signs and wonders, and the supernatural. It's above the world's thinking, and that's what Second uh, First Corinthians 2 goes on to talk about, that these things are carnal to the earthly mind, but those who have the mind of Christ, we understand through the Spirit of God. So that was some of my journey that really just began me to press in, and press into God, and press into God, and it really began to develop what became prophetic intercession. When it became, in maturity, the gift became less about me saying, God, I want you to move for me. It became a more of a walk of, and a depth of saying, God, I want to see you move for you. God, I want to see you move for everyone who's around me. And so we're going to go into that. Um, I would like to pull up the scripture, Proverbs two. That says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. So what what I'm really doing right now is I'm just laying down a foundation for some of my journey into prophetic intercession. Because this hidden wisdom that we talk about. These hidden things of God, one of the the words we use is, it's revelation. When God takes things that we read through the Word of God and, and makes it his rhema word, when he breathes on it and gives us deep revelation in our heart, we have a whole nother level of authority to stand on the Word. And this was part of my journey was, you know, reading the Word of God those first few years as a believer and saying, you know, I get that here, but man, it's really, really discouraging how much I know I don't get it in my heart. You know, that journey from the head to the heart. And one of those journeys was, um, I was reading the scripture, and, and it's something from that we all hear our whole lives. How many of us know that Jesus lives in us? That the Spirit of God lives in us? But how many of you know that if you grew up in Sunday school, and a lot of these things, it can just become something that we hear so much we don't get a hold of what that really means in its fullness. And so I was studying the scriptures in and, and Romans 8, 11. Uh, if you could pull that up, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. There it is. One, two, three times. The spirit of God lives in me. The Spirit of God lives in me. And I began to seek that revelation because I wasn't satisfied. Like, I was actually burdened by that. God, you spoke the whole earth into creation by your word. If the Spirit of God lives in me and dwells in me, should I not carry more power in my own life? There's a disconnection there. Do I really believe that the Spirit of God lives in me? If he does, that should change everything. I began to pray on this. Just like Proverbs, it said, it's the glory of kings to seek out a matter. God, I want revelation of the Spirit of God living in me. I want revelation of the Spirit of God living in me. I began to pray that and pray that. One time, I was on my very first trip to Lethbridge, I came out for a conference. Uh, This was way back in probably 2005, and I was invited out here by who who would become a spiritual father, Keith Hazel, and I came out for a prophetic conference, and on my drive home, out of nowhere, I'm driving, driving my car, and all of a sudden, I start to get a vision. And I, and I laugh about that now because texting is illegal while driving, but I'm not sure about visions in driving. But regardless, I began to go into a vision while driving and I could see a ball of white light. I could see a ball of white light, and all over this ball of white light, there was pink electricity just all over. It was so active and so alive. And in my spirit, I knew that God was speaking to me, that this is your spirit and my Holy Spirit in communion together. Yeah. The vision went from vision to physical manifestation. For about 20 minutes, I could physically feel the Spirit of God doing somersaults in my stomach. Whoa. Whoa. I could just feel physically the Spirit of God. And I just said, Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of God lives in me. The Spirit of God lives in me. And that is so foundational for me, for the teaching of of all of the spiritual gifts. And as we lay a foundation for prophetic intercession and, and deepen in that what that means, that is so foundational that when we read in Corinthians, it says that the Spirit of God that is in me It searches all the deep things of God. I've got this connection continually from heaven to earth. Always. If I operate in it. Right? If my soul and my mind are in complete dominance. If I remember to feed myself spiritually. If I remember to be in the word. If I remember to speak in tongues. If I remember to pray. If I remember to stay awake. Just like one of the songs was, Awake My Soul. This morning we were singing, Awake My Soul. Guess how your soul awakes? By feeding your spirit, which builds up your soul. That God dwells in us. I'm going to go to a, a verse here. Romans 8, 26. One of my favorite scriptures. This is where we really start to tie into some of this part of prophesying in intercession. It says in Romans 8:26 and 27, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the very will of God. Can you see a theme here through these scriptures? We are so connected to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us who is so connected to God the Father and Jesus. And there are mysteries that he wants to release on earth. And it keeps on talking about the very will of God. There is a place in prophetic intercession where you can have your prayers answered every time. What I absolutely love about this portion of Scripture by Paul, someone who could teach on prayer incredibly and does throughout the Bible, he enters into this portion of prayer talking about his weakness. He enters in talking about we don't know how to pray in our weakness. I love it. I call it the prayer of humility. It's a prayer that says, Lord, I can, I have, I've made a lot of requests today. And you might answer some of them and And some of them may not be answered because sometimes, did you know that the answer to your prayer is in the prayer not being answered? Sometimes. It's not the will of God sometimes. We're, we're called to make requests, but sometimes it's, it's not answered because He loves us and His ways are above our ways. But this says, there's a place that we can pray from the very will of God, and I, I was... Back in that same three-year period, just really seeking meaning, deep understanding for the Word of God. I read these scriptures, this particular scripture, and I was like, what is this saying? I just knew I had to stop here and meditate on this. What are these groanings of the Holy Spirit that come into the very will of God? And I began to think, well, the closest thing I know to something like that is speaking in tongues. And I began to just pray in the spirit and I had a roommate at that time that I would pray with quite a bit and I said, Trevor, have you ever seen this scripture before? No. And I just began to pray on it and actually I had a, I was supposed to teach at a YWAM, teach on specifically the the gift of tongues. Because it was a passion of mine to explain to people and, and to take the religiousness off of it and explain how valuable and how important it is to pray in the Spirit. Because so many people think it's just what's coming out of your mouth, which there's power there because power is in the life and the death of the tongue. But for me, it's ultimately more important than what's going on on the inside of me when I speak in tongues, when I pray in the Spirit. That's the most important thing to me. So... Let me tell you, I started to think and connect this. Is, is this it says tongues? It doesn't say it's tongues. Okay, but let me tell you something. I got my buddy and I began to just pray. Let's just pray into this. And I was praying in the spirit, and we we're probably about 10 minutes in, and I'm shoko Site. And you know, something came out of me. A groan of the Holy Spirit came out of me, and it sounded like this Taipei! Taipei! And it was a deep groaning. A deep burden came on me. Taipei, and I basically look at my buddy. I'm like, Taipei's a place. And he said, yeah, Taipei's a place. So we just began to pray over Taipei. Jesus, Lord, would you just send uh, your grace to the missionaries and to Taipei? Would you send your anointing on the church of Taipei? Bless them, God. Bless them. Bless them. And as we're praying uh, about Taipei, I'm like, that was it. But I really felt a burden release. I knew that I had functioned in this Romans 8.26 gifting And I taught my class, and I I didn't go too much in there. But I'll tell you something. About two weeks later, I get an email from who I said was a spiritual father of me, Keith Hazel. So this is before I came to Lethbridge, and this is going back sometime. We were just getting to know each other because I lived in uh, Calgary, and he lived in Calgary. We were going to the same church, and uh, this is the first email I've ever received from him in my life. And it says, I don't even remember how he got my email, but he says, David, you were on my heart this morning. I just want to let you know, I just had a fantastic week in Taipei. People were getting saved in the taxi cabs. There were worship services breaking out in restaurants. People were getting saved all over the place. I'm telling you, there's something in this verse that says it's the glory of kings to seek out a matter. You can take the Word of God and you can press into it and say, Lord, I want a deeper revelation of your Word. Do you know what that did for the foundation of my entire prayer life? That one testimony that said, if I pray in the Spirit, as I pray in the Spirit, I can actually come into a place where I can, I can come into the mysteries of heaven by the Holy Spirit. Where even the Holy Spirit will pray through me physically. It says it was his groanings that came out of me. Amazing.
3: Help change the spiritual climate of Canada by becoming a monthly partner with Lifeline Today with Dick and Jones. All donors will receive this year's Lifeline Today Fridge Magnet, a reminder that you stand together with Dick and Joan for Canada. Pledge your support of $25 a month and receive our latest booklet entitled Your Lifeline Today, Scriptures for Your Every Need. In it, you'll find prayer strategies, scriptures, and testimonies to build your faith for healing, family, salvation, finances, and more. Partner at $50 a month and also receive this leather-bound journal entitled Sacred Time, Sacred Place. This journal will bring greater intimacy to your daily time with the Lord. Lifeline today has also commissioned this wooden plaque engraved with the priestly blessing found in number six. Carved into fine maple, this blessing will be a constant reminder to your family of God's protection and faithfulness. It's our thank you gift to you for your faith-filled partnership of $100 a month. Your tax-deductible donation will empower this ministry to release the prophetic voice of God across our nation. Call today and say yes to becoming a partner with Dick and Jones.
4: It's right here in this room where the intercessors gather every Friday morning to pray for you. One or two may lead out in English, but the rest of us are constantly praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, because we don't always know how to pray, but Holy Spirit does. In Romans 8:26, it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit prays for us. The Spirit pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. When He prays, we know that we're praying according to the very depths of your need and according to the perfect will of the Father. We'd love to pray for you, whatever your need is today, or maybe you've never received this powerful gift of praying in tongues. So give us a call right now.
0: That's right. We're going to pray for you as well. Joan and I are going to pray for you, but the prayer center standing by, they will pray with you f- to receive the Holy Spirit and a release of praying in tongues specifically. So pray, some people say praying in the Spirit isn't praying in tongues, but the Bible uses those terms yeah. interchangeably. You know,
1: Dick, I just, I'm so thrilled with David. He's a young guy, but this, uh, you know, some of, some of the things he said about his walk with God, and one of the reasons I think that he went, kind of awry, got on drugs and whatever, because it wasn't a real, authentic walk with God. And when he came back to the Lord, he said, God, I don't want just religion, I want it all. And I think that many of our young people could say that too, I don't want just a form of religion, but I want it all. And one of the things that really empowers them with the gifts of the Spirit uh, and moving in the gifts of the Spirit, like moving prophetically and moving in healing and words of knowledge, words of wisdom, is that it starts with the gift of tongues and yeah. the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know,
0: Joan, uh, Acts chapter 19 is a powerful chapter. It's the most powerful revival yeah. in, the, uh, in the book of Acts, at least. There have been greater revivals, but this one was great. Paul came and says he came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples, about 12 disciples, and, and, and uh, they were devout uh, worshipers of the Lord. And he said, uh, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Since you believed. It's very important to realize this. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. That <laughs> You know, Joan, that defines a lot of church wow. people. I know They know the Lord. They love God. They are children of God. They are precious in God's sight, but they don't even know that other person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so he said, well, what baptism were you baptized? And he said, well, we were baptized in the baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance. A lot of believers there. They've repented, but they haven't gone into the other phase where God wants to empower you. Yeah, and so great. he said they, they baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it says very specifically and very clearly in those verses that they began to, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues.
1: Yes, amen. And
0: then, and I won't belabor this, but if you follow the verses in Acts 19, the greatest revival in the book of Acts breaks out in Ephesus. Yeah. And it phenomenal, it shakes the whole region. They say that by the time uh, Paul was uh, passed away, that church was in the hundreds of thousands of people in that region and in Ephesus. Mm. and that is amazing. It was out of that revival mm. but it 's interesting that he asked the question, "Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed?" See, we assume that we have received the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just clarify something. When you come to Christ, the Bible says you are born again, which actually means born from above. The Spirit of God does create a new being in you. You have the Spirit in you, but being filled with the Holy Spirit is different, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's about the empowerment. And in these last few minutes, we want to pray for you as well, that you would receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's join together. Maybe you at home, uh, you want to just close your eyes. <laughs> because that, why, would he, why do we close our eyes when we pray? Because it, it closes out the distraction mm-hmm. and allows you to focus on God. Lord, I just pray with those who are coming together with us right now in agreement. Yeah. I pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the promise of the Father. Mm. Jesus, you said to your own disciples, Terry, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Mm -hmm. And in this powerful message we've heard from Pastor David today, how he too sought the reality of the power in his life if he was going to live his life successfully. These two are lifting up their hands and praying for this power and this experience. And you are faithful. You give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. You said, will a father give a stone to a child that asks for bread? How much more will the father give the spirit to those who ask him? And so we ask this in Jesus' name.
1: Now I release
0: the Holy Spirit. I release, speaking in a prayer language, speaking in tongues, into each person that's receiving Mm. today in your precious name. A lot of people wait for a sign. They wait for a feeling. They wait for, don't. No. It's done.
1: Yes, it is.
0: You prayed. We prayed. We are in agreement. It's done. Now begin to pray in the Spirit. And you can do that. It, uh, by the way, sometimes people don't understand. You pray by the act of your own will. Mm-hmm. You just begin. And you can pray in the Spirit. And you say, well, I don't understand. The mind says, <laughs> I don't understand those words. Of course you don't. Of course not. Because they're praying in another language. <laughs> you know why that's important? Our language is tainted with our own will and with our own desires and sometimes our own hurts. Yeah. But when we pray in the Spirit, it's absolutely pure.
1: Well, Romans 8 says when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray in the perfect will of God.
0: Isn't that amazing? Not
1: our will, but we pray in the perfect will of God. And Dick, I just want to say this to you: that when you pray in the Spirit, you pray at a level that is beyond human capacity. The Holy Spirit literally takes over and, uh, and, and prays through you according to the perfect will of God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What a powerful gift to be he able is. to pray perfectly according to the will of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I have said it to myself and I've heard others say it. I have no idea what to pray. Yeah. This is going on in my life. I have no idea now you do. (laughs) You can pray (laughs) in the spirit. Joan, some of my most powerful, uh, incredible visitations and impacting in my life have been when I've been praying in the spirit. When you're praying in the spirit. I often go for long drives Mm -hmm. just to pray in the spirit so I know I'm not interrupted and and I can just be by myself. And
1: God will begin to put burdens on you too, Dick, that you can pray for. You'll you'll feel a burden and then you'll you'll know that God wants you to pray. And as you begin to pray in the spirit, you pray the perfect will of God and then many times afterwards you find out what you were praying for,
0: just like David did. Let us know what's going on. Let us know. Call right away and say, you know what? I've received the Holy Spirit. Tell us the testimony. We'd love to pour on them the next program or the next time we're here. And we'd love to share that with you. Well, thank you for being a part of the broadcast. Hope it's been a blessing for Mm -hmm. you. And we love you and appreciate you. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.
3: This program is supported by viewers like you, and we thank you for partnering with us. We want to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests, praise reports, and comments about the program. To watch past episodes, learn about the ministry, or contact us, visit our website at dickandjone.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Lifeline Today with Dick and Joan and on our YouTube
0: channel, Dick and Joan TV.